This is To The Point. A rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, what's up To The Point listeners? It is your boy, Chris Yano, the host of To The Point Home Services Podcast. And we are doing something a little bit different. This is actually going to be part one of a four-part series on trade marketing magic playbook. We're going to open up the playbook, but it's not just Rhino's playbook. It's some of the most successful home services company in the United States of America. So we want to open some of these things up with some people who have a lot more knowledge in it than, than me in the digital marketing space. And this particular one's going to be around traditional print. Now, listen, don't stop listening if you don't do either one of these things, okay? That's actually the opposite of what you should do because there are plenty of things that you should be doing that our guest is going to share that they've done successfully that will help you. You just might not know what it is you're supposed to do, the frequency, the content, or anything about it. This is when you're going to find out. So I am excited. I'm excited because Leland Smith told me multiple times that I need to have this guest on. Now, he might be a little bit biased, but Leland's a pretty sharp guy, and Leland's my buddy. And Leland has been on this podcast before, and that was episode 75. It was him and Frank, and Frank and I go way back. That was a great podcast. Um, I just love having Leland around. He spoke at Rhino X in 2021 and 2022, and he's coming back in 2023. And I'll tell you, some of the post-event surveys I get around Leland Smith are fantastic because that dude is an open book. He shares probably more than he should, which makes him one of the best guests on the panel. So I love having him. But he has said, hey, Chris, you have got to have Katie on this episode, on, on the podcast. You got to do it. So today, Katie, we made his dream come true. <laughs> Katie's <A> turn. <laughs> the CMO of Service Champion Southern California, one of the finest female leaders in home services marketing in Southern California. I, sh- I cut the next part out. Because I don't really know if that's how you roll or not, but I know when you played tennis and those tennis players, you know, sometimes you got to wear the short shorts. Um, but listen, I've heard so much good stuff about you. We've had a couple of conversations. I'm excited for this. And it's your first podcast. It is. Are you it ready? So thank you. I, I think so. 17 years you've put in at Service Champions in Southern California, and it is a phenomenal brand. You've done some a really amazing things. And that's why Leland speaks, you know, speaks so highly of you. And, um, and I'm excited to share it with our listeners too. And I'm excited to be your first podcast, you know, because I guarantee you 100% from this one, others are going to start reaching out to you because listen, the herd mentality is real. People want to follow the beast, the biggest (laughs) service champions knows all about it. People always try to be like service champions. So let's do this. Let's jump right in and let our listeners know how the heck did you get into trades, Katie? How'd you go from playing tennis at SDSU? Right. And now you're going, now you're in the trades and doing marketing for 17 years. I know. I know. I actually feel very privileged to uh, work for uh, and under, you know, Leland and service champions and under Frank. So it's 17 years, but it actually, you know, feels like it's only been a short amount of time um, if you can believe it. But um, out of college, I actually worked for a sports marketing company for a number of years And how I got into the HVAC industry and specifically service champions was actually through my brother. Um, My brother worked for service champions almost from the really, the very beginning. What did he do? uh, He started off as an install apprentice and then he worked his way to being a service technician 
and a service manager. And now he runs, you know, the install department, et cetera. So oh, he's, he's still there. He is still there. Super which, cool. I know. I, I feel really blessed to also be able to, you know, we work in different buildings, but um, it's lovely to be able to, you know, see him on occasion and just, um, yeah, have have that. So he's been here actually, long, obviously longer than me, but he was the one that just, um, it was in 2005 or so that said, you know, Leland's looking for somebody to do marketing. And at the time where I was at, I just, I wanted an opportunity to, you know, expand and grow. And I wasn't necessarily getting that. And I wanted to just branch out. And so I interviewed with Leland and as you know, 17 years later, I'm running the marketing. So from sports marketing to home services marketing. I know who would have, (laughs) if you would have told me this 17 years ago, never would have believed it. Um, I actually learned the marketing, you know, from Leland working side by side with him. And kind of our our running joke is that literally hired me and then he ignored me for almost a year, which was probably (laughs) one of the best things that he could have ever done because I got to really understand the operations of the business. And so from that point on, I was doing, uh, you know, the marketing, but also heavily involved in, in the operational side. Of, of the business. And I, I think that's just one of the best things that best opportunities he could have actually, you know, given me. Okay. So I have a couple questions around that then. Sure. Um, so I initially thought you were going to say he ignored me for a year and you're kind of just wondering like, am I doing a good job? Am I doing a good job? Don't know if I'm doing a good job. I got to keep pushing. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that, that was it. I mean, he would come out and, and talk to me, but he, um, you know, if you talk to him about it, he'll he'll tell you, you know, he's tried to show me, um, you know, data quick back in the day of how to pull addresses. And he showed me one time and thought that was it. I, I got it, you nailed got it. it. And I remember having to go back to him and be like, you know, can you slow down and just show me one more time? And, uh, you know, Leland, you know, he's humble and great, but he has, you know, high expectations as well, which makes him highly successful. Um, but that was kind of our, our, our start. So, so you got threw into the mix and you one and just said, here you go. Here's all the things. Do you know? And if you don't, it's totally okay. 17 years ago, like what size was service champions at that time, roughly? You know, that's a great question. And I think about that and I, I don't know the specifics. I want to say it was like, you know, he had to have been around the 10 million or, un, you know, a little under 10 million because I know that he did, you know, he wanted to do, I think, 5 million and, and he did that in like three years or so. So um, got it. had to been around that 10 million mark. And I know that, you know, our club membership, obviously, you know, we have quite a few club members now it was you know at the beginning stages and things like that well and i know that's something that you guys do a phenomenal job of marketing too um and i'm interested to talk about a few different things and and even though we're talking we're going to start off with 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 the print side of things too mm-hmm. um we are going to get into into traditional and just some and what traditional looks like today and the experiences you've had i mean what's kind of neat about this whole thing is you came into it really with no real expectation of what is, I mean, you had to learn the trade mm-hmm. and you still were kind of growing up in your marketing skill set mm-hmm. in the trade. So you've, you've kind of been through this. I mean, 17 years is, I mean, I've been doing digital marketing now 15 years for the home services industry and I've learned a ton, but I mm-hmm. knew digital going into it. So I didn't know the trades. I kind of got sucked, sucked into that. 
So I'm curious to dig into some of these things too, because sure. you have so much, it's not like I'm just talking to someone who's been in the, in the you know, marketing manager, I use air quotes for, for five years for a home services company and, and it's had some success. And I know uh, quite a few of those people, you've had some tenure to this thing and you've tried a lot of different things. So there's a lot of knowledge behind the things that you do today, a lot of data that supports the decisions that you do today from when it was a smaller company to the beast that it's become today. So I'm intrigued to tap into that with you. And are you, are you ready to go? Ready to get into it? I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Hey, so far, so good. You're crushing All right. it. Um, <laughs> so um, in regards to the to print, um, mm -hmm. how much is like, well, first off, let's just touch high level in regards to print. What is it that you guys are doing today that you're mm -hmm. going to continue into 2023, just like high level boom, like direct mail. Like what are the things? It's really direct mail. Okay. I mean, yeah, we, we don't do, um, we have in the past, um, but currently we don't do any like shared service mail. Uh, it, it is directly to homeowners, you know, single family owner occupied homeowners. Okay, perfect. So, and I've heard all about this amazing direct mail campaign, by the way, like I've heard there's something so amazing to this thing. And in this for sure could be Leland doing what Leland does and blowing it up. <laughs> but sure. I have to believe there's some good tactics in there too. But, but what I want to get to first is with the direct mail specifically. Um, and by the way, to all of my uh, digital marketing lovers or, or even our customers, just because I don't do it doesn't mean I don't believe in it. I have absolutely believe in it. I believe in all things, but different reasons, different things for different people in the different scenarios. So this is where having somebody good at, at marketing is incredibly helpful to help guide you. But I do think that I've heard a lot, I've heard a lot about some really successful direct mail campaigns, but I look at it from two different lenses. So how much of it for you guys at service champions is the strategy for existing customers versus attracting new customers mm -hmm. or is it, or what, so what, what is that, that plan for you too? Is, is it two separate things or is there only one of those that you're doing? What's it look like? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. And to before I answer that, to backtrack, um, I, I always refer to when when you talk about you know direct mail and things like that. You know, Leland built the company really on direct mail, and he will tell you himself he hates direct mail. <laughs> he will never open a, a piece of direct mail, but he has built this incredible company off of direct mail. Um, Noted. Most, yeah, right. So most of what we do is to prospects. Um, and so that's folks that have never used us before. Um, and so we're trying to reach those new customers, but we definitely touch our customer base. And so, um, because we feel like that's, you know, in, in a lot of cases, in an, it, it's an untapped resource. Um, you've already spent the money to get them to call you. You've already had, you know, a technician in the home that's already started to build that relationship. You know, they, they know the company they've used you. So, What's the point in spending a lot of money to go out and attract new when you have them right there as well? So we take that um, into consideration and we market our customers a couple of times each season for sure. It's a consistent thing that we do. Got it. Okay. So that's what I was going to ask you is, is in regards to frequency because, mm -hmm. and, and does that change based on anything that like can happen? I mean, or what's the frequency yeah. and cause you guys are multi, like you guys are multi-services. So mm -hmm. like what, what's the frequency of that you guys are like, just tell me a little bit more like about the strategy on when, when you're sending these things out. Yeah. I mean, again, it's a, it's a couple of times a season and it depends on what's happening in that season. Right. right? And so um, you know, say, say we want to hit them three times a season. 
Um, and that's pretty consistent for us. You know, that's, you know, every six, seven weeks or so, and you, you can pop in more, um, but that's a pretty consistent basis right there um, with your core offerings. And then we we do cross offerings, right? So the main thing that we go in for is, you know, a maintenance, um, but we also tack on something plumbing or if we're, you know, wanting to push, you know, um, marketed leads or, you know, some folks call them no charge estimates, we, we can put that offer in there as well. Um, but our core offering is, is typically the tune up and, and that consistency, we feel like, you know, needs to be there. We will pull back if, you know, at, as with many companies, if, you know, you have a lot of weather and you're not answering the phone calls that are coming in, you know, we aren't going to force a, a mailing out. Of course. We're not going to, you know, spend the money if we can't answer, you know, a lot of the calls that are coming in already organically from, you know, weather related. Yeah, because then you have too much demand and then you can't be a service champion. See what I did That's there? Right. Ah, That's right. That's pretty right. good. That's pretty good. Hey, <laughs> a question for you. Um, sure. So you mentioned like it, the frequency of like wh whether it's three um, – is there like a specific – now I get you're in Southern California mm – -hmm. um, but is there like, if our listeners are saying, oh, just to get an idea, is there like, a, like, hey, we do it in um, August. We do it in, like, is there a certain like month that you know, like, hey, like clockwork, if everything is normal, this is the month we're going to send out that first piece. Like, is there one of those that you can share? Yeah, so we typically wait until, you know, for us, um, we wait until after the shoulder season or sorry, after the shoulder month. Right. And so, you know, in September is typically a shoulder month for us. Uh, and so uh, we'll wait until sometime in October and we throttle it depending on, um, you know, if the weather's going to drop a little bit, uh, we might kind of plan it to drop right around that time when there's a need. So, uh, but we usually wait out the, the shoulder month uh, in each season. Got it. Okay. And going into winter, I use air quotes for us and going, yeah, quotes, but the weather is still not on your side. So you're technically still in shoulder, but you're not in like the, the real shoulder as we call it. So for us, it's like a September and it can be like a February. And so that's where we, you know, rely on, you know, uh, running a lot of our, our club member calls and things like that. And, and, um, but again, with touching your club members, it's, it's really what works for the business, because if we see a need where we need to pull forward that mailing for some particular reason, we don't hesitate to do that. I mean, again, it's the customer, they know you, right? And so to get in front of them, um, for us, it, it just, it's really successful. And so we use that to our advantage when we need the calls and things like that. So again, pulling forward into a shoulder season, I, I don't necessarily think that there's a right or wrong. It's just paying attention to the business needs. And then also, um, you know, what, what that weather's doing. Yeah. Perfect. So in the digital marketing space, we have the same thing you know, we have because it's been 15 years, you recognize the patterns of mm -hmm. when, of when the shoulder season is to know when to switch gears from, you know, heating to cooling, cooling to heating, whatever. Mm -hmm. So we have the same type of mentality. It's just, we try to get ahead of it before the shoulder mm -hmm. season for us. Mm -hmm. So that way we can try and take advantage of the, the post season uh, where we've got about a three week gap where we can still fight for install business because it's post season. Mm -hmm. The mentality has went to, I can get it for less because demand is less. And it's the same thing pre season going into whatever. So um, this is, this kind of yeah. functions the same way. It sounds like you've kind of got like a set thing. 
It does. And also it depends on the capacity of the business, right? I mean, we, you know, at Service Champions, there's so many technicians that are running and we balance, you know, club member maintenance calls with, you know, the quote unquote cash calls. And so it's a, it's a balance. And, and again, it's what works for the business because, you know, years back, we would hit the customer base prior to like in that shoulder season when we needed the calls. Right. And then that would kind of get us through. And then we would get busy with weather, et cetera. And we could pull back on everything. Um, and you, you leave room for those, you know, quote unquote, cash calls to come in, which is what you want. Right. You want your technicians to run all those opportunities. Um, right. Just where we're at now in the business, you know, we have a lot of technicians who would kind of keep that engine going. And so therefore now we're hitting them, you know, multiple times and uh, we Again, we have the technicians to be able yeah. to run the calls. So yeah. So think about this though. Like, you weren't always in that position. So mm -hmm. you know, if you if you go back even say ten years, mm -hmm. when maybe you don't have that type of demand, which is probably where there's a big chunk of our listeners that are like in shoulder season and they and they freak out because you start to slow down. Which by the way, demand is demand, and when the weather's nice. You can't right. force people to search. So it's like, but this is just another lever that you can use to, mm -hmm. to help get you through that period. I, I have a couple questions I want to ask on that specifically. Are you, are you sending out the same messaging on that direct mail piece? Um, like year over year, is it the same thing? And, and if you are, what is it around? Is it around maintenance? Is it around, like, do you do anything that's towards the straight in, like the install leader, the sales leader, or like, or, or a financing offer or, or anything, or a, a pre-sale to the upcoming, what is the, what is the messaging that you're putting out there on it? I mean, for us, again, it really depends on the business needs of where we're at so we can change it. Um, it's typically around our maintenance, uh, which the, the tune up, et cetera, that we're, we're pushing out. Mm -hmm. It's usually the same message, just it looks a little different each and every time. Um, but we're not, you know, again, we can put multiple offers in that piece too. So we can change it up again, depending on the business needs. Got it. Okay. And so what do you do to, what, what are you doing to track it just to know like that it's working to continue to do it over and over again? Just. Yeah. So we have tracking phone numbers on, um, okay. on all the pieces yet. So that's huge for us um, because, you know, we love to, as you know, with Leland, um, he loves numbers, right? Yep. That accounting background. And yep. so, um, you know, we just, we, we track everything and we look at the results. Uh, and if there is a piece, you know, that is not working for us, um, then we, you know, we'll, we'll drop it out of the mix. And, um, we're not opposed to testing at all. I mean, we like to test. And so, um, we test a couple of pieces every season. And, um, again, we, we test via tracking phone numbers and we do an AB test to really get true tracking, um, and true results. And if we find that test piece is doing really well, we'll test it again the next season. And if it does well in two seasons, then we're like, we, consider putting that into the mix for the next year. Got it. And now is, is any of this stuff trickling down to some of the other brands within the service champions family? Like, cause a lot of the, a lot of the other brands that are involved are some of these guys are my buddies, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And so I just don't, I'm assuming everybody's trying to work together to try and find like the best thing, but you're kind of like the one at the, you're the one that's like the, making the analysis, doing the testing, making the decisions. Like, is it rolling down to everybody? Are they feeding anything up to you? Like, how's all that working out? 
You know, it's great. Uh, The shared learnings that we have together is one of the um, the best things. I mean, every single day we are we are constantly learning. But there's, you know, folks at different the different brands are using pieces that we test here at Service Champions and vice versa. And it really depends on the brand and it depends on that market. Um, But we definitely share all of our ideas. but it, it, again, it comes down to where the brand is at, the capacity and the needs of the business. And then we tailor uh, around that. Got it. So I want to throw this out there because um, I get asked this question and um, in, 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 in my world, the digital marketing world, you can track everything. So it's pretty, it's pretty cut and dry. You know, what's mm-hmm. new? Because at the end of the day, what I have to pull in is new customers. And I need to know exactly what I spent to get a new customer. And I needed to know exactly what the return is on that new customer for me to continue to keep my job um, is that is what I'm tasked to doing. So we can use call tracking numbers, you know, and in here we have, you know, human beings that listen to every call. So that way we can identify, was it, was it legit a new customer versus repeat? So mm-hmm. I can split them out. What's the booking rate per PPC for drain cleaning? What's the booking rate for PPC for HVAC? So that way we know like all those details, like, the Leland Smith report to digital marketing, like is what, this is what this would look like. Cause he likes to analyze mm-hmm. all the numbers and it, but it's facts. So in the direct mail piece of it, the call tracking number is by far the simplest tracking tool to throw on there. So now, you know, more than me in here. So I'm just gonna throw this out there. The whole QR code thing was something that I saw some people putting on there where you can almost scan it and book right from the, the direct mail piece. So I've heard pros and cons to it. Um, mm-hmm. But to me, it's an option. And then mm-hmm. uh, whatever the unique, you know, the unique offer is on that could be one way to identify how well that worked. And of course, mm-hmm. if you blanketed a, a particular neighborhood or something like that, then you would start to see some of those things. Um, and then is there an, any other way, like, uh, I guess another way you could do mm-hmm. it is if it was um, a, a, the domain name you put on there, which I don't know if people are going to do that today, it'd be easier just to scan mm-hmm. a QR code, but you could use like a unique domain extension that then you would say, okay, well, I noticed that was promo one, two, and mm-hmm. oh, there's the referral links that came in. I mean, I'm talking like from a marketing brain is I would say, Ooh, well, the referral links and how many of those came from the direct mail pieces versus a QR code versus a call tracking number. Because I'm analyzing things like probably like you are. I want to just see the facts. So I know what to continue to do and what not to do. SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Yeah, I mean, before we had, you know, call tracking numbers, all right, and we're able to track it that way, you know, uh, we used to, I mean, this is back in the very, very beginning, Chris, but it used to be a name on the piece, right? Call so-and-so. And so the call taker, you know, our CSRs were trained that, you know, to book and they knew which, you know, ads, we call them ad sources, right, to plug in to then be able to track it. And then we went to, you know, there's a code on the bottom right hand corner of every piece. And so every time the CSR would say, okay, you have that letter in front of you, what's the code on the bottom right, and then we would track it that I mean, there's, there's just so many different ways that we used to track it. And, and, um, 
yeah, now it, now it's just, you know, phone number. And then of course, you know, our CSRs ask as well. So, um, but for us, the end all be all is, is really of all the calls that come in. Um, it is how many you actually run is very important to us um, because it kind of cuts out everything else. Because if you don't have a technician walking into that home, what, you know, there, there's nothing, you can't gain any revenue from it, right? You have to have the technicians passing through that doorway. And so one of the biggest things that we, you know, look at and that I've learned from Leland is what is that cost per call ran or that cost per appointment ran? Um, and what's the revenue that you've generated from it? Got it. Yeah. Super important. I mean, because that's the best way you can see this thing full circle is if you know what you spent with whatever, you know, company who's doing your direct mail pieces, you got your call tracking number in place. I'm assuming you guys are using service Titan. We are. So mm -hmm. it, so you can, that attaches to your service Titan. So you can see, you know, closed revenue or, or, you know, end result cost per acquisition. And also like average take, like all the things are in service Titan, mm -hmm. but you have to pay attention to lead opportunity on the front end because a lot of people get mixed up on you don't pay attention to that number and you just look at closed revenue and then you make a judgment based off of just closed mm -hmm. revenue, not what the missed opportunity was for the piece you ran. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so um, super, like super good point um, because you have to pay attention to those, to those numbers, but you can track everything on these direct mail pieces to, to identify what's new versus returning because you're going, if they're a returning customer, you're going to see that in your field management software. So you can differentiate the two and that's the important part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, now, this is a question I always get asked and it's around, well, Chris, what should a percentage of my marketing budget be on digital marketing? Or Chris, what's a percentage of my, and, and it varies based on the situation that they're in. And nobody likes to hear that answer, but that's the answer. Right. Now there mm -hmm. is an answer to that, but it's not a one size fits all. And it's not going to be that like your brand impacts that like there's there, your market impacts at the level of com competition in a market impact. Like there's numerous things. But in this instance, do you guys have like a set budget that you have? And I don't need you to share the actual budget, but is there like a set percentage that you know, hey, I know with my marketing budget, I'm going to allocate a percent of that to direct mail or a half a percent or 2% or whatever it is. Do you have something like that that you guys run to or at least try to stay close to? We do try to stay close to a number. Um, I can tell you over mm -hmm. the years that that number for direct mail has you know decreased just because our, our spend has gotten larger and we have diversified but we are heavy heavy into direct mail i mean again leland built this business around direct mail but it like as you mentioned it has to do with the company the brand right and so for us in this area um our media market covered up until a year or so ago an area that we didn't service and so it didn't necessarily make sense for us to, you know, go on to broadcast and, and things like that at, at that particular time. And so we were much heavier on direct mail and our percentage of our overall budget was much higher than it is now. But we definitely look at it. I look at it year over year. I mean, we're full into, you know, budget season for uh, 20, 2023. We're, we're in the mix right now. And I certainly look at, you know, the percentage that we've spent on direct mail in a prior year versus this year. And if it fits the strategy of where we're going. So what is it? What's the percentage? <laughs> so we, we typically, as of right now, um, currently we're, you know, in between the 30 and 40% of, yeah, of, 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 your, of your total marketing budget. Right. And mm -hmm. again, and it, 
obviously we, she's sharing this from her perspective, her company, big bit like, so, but at least you have an idea of scale versus what yours is. So, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. But, yeah. but, but the reason you're spending that large of a direct mail budget is because you understand, you know, definitively what the return is. We do. And, you know, again, for us, it works, but I, I, I will say, you know, and we talk about this a lot. Um, it's the operational excellence too, because you can put out the pieces, you can get that phone to ring, you can, you know, book those appointments, but it's what's done on those appointments that really creates that success. And so a large part of it is the success that our technicians have in the home. They're the ones that are building the rapport. They're the ones building the relationships with the clients and the offering the options, you know, so that's a huge huge factor in this. I mean, direct mail is very expensive, right? Postage continuously goes up. Paper costs are going up. Service fees are going up. It's, you know, you might offer a $99 service or whatever it is in a piece, but it's costing you two to $300 every, you know, every time you run that appointment. So you have to have, you know, the technicians that can actually go in there and, you know, offer things to customers and, and get that job done and sold. Max uh, value. Yeah, of course. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It makes perfect sense. Is, is, um, I know one thing I remember hearing Leland say numerous times is just the high standard of that call and the customer service that comes along with it to max value and max education to that customer when you're in, in the home. Yeah. I mean, we really, are about building relationships. We are we're in the relationship business and we aren't, you know, we train our technicians and our, our customer service. It's not about a one and done for us. It is long-term. We want to be able to go in there and service a client and have them use us again and again. And if they choose to replace, you know, their equipment at that time, great. If they don't, we want to be there when they do. And right. so right. we are playing the long game with everything. Right. And, um, for us, it, it's, it is truly about building the relationship and, and setting us up for success. Yeah. Playing the long game. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I get it. Um, a lot of people I think gloss over the long-term value of a customer. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, last thing I'm going to ask you in this print piece and we're going to move on. Okay. Sure. Um, and I'm always curious to know, is there any particular like piece that you put out there or offering or, and I'm not, when I say offering, I'm not necessarily even talking about like a discount. I'm just saying in general, is there mm-hmm. any one that you've done that, you know, just like stands out as like, Hey, this was by far like one of the better pieces that we put out. And it could be a particular time of year or time in, in mm-hmm. you know, what's going on. But is there anything like that that stands out to you? That was like a really great piece. You know, there's nothing that's like, Oh my gosh, this is the silver bullet there. I, I don't, you know, believe that there's a silver bullet or, Otherwise, everybody would do it and right. everybody would, you know, you know, because you, you get into direct mail and then people get out of direct mail because it's so, you know, expensive, et cetera. Yep. We're just, yeah, we're just very consistent at what we do. Um, and we, we mail almost every single week of the year. Um, and so it's not that there's a, there's a piece or there's an offering. There's pieces that obviously work better when the weather's on our side, right? Um, I would just say that, you know, we, 
customer base, you know, I think that that's a big thing that sometimes is sometimes is untapped, right? And I, I we've seen that in some of the companies where they're always looking for new, always looking for new. But you know, sometimes we forget about the folks that we've already paid for that are not club members. Um, and that for us is, you know, the lowest cost per call ran, et cetera, to get back in the home. So got it. So it's not even really so much of a like particular offer as it is just the consistency of the messaging. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. Leland Smith will tell you, because he learned this at Rhino X this year when he was <laughs> hanging out with his buddy Mike Tyson, that yeah. <laughs> um the that Mike said in the Q&A I was doing with him, that consistency kicks determination's ass. Mm-hmm. And um, and this is one of those cases where consistency really matters. And so it's not so much the individual offering itself. It's just consistently doing it over and over and over and over and over because you're also building brand and brand creates comfort and comfort helps you create, take a decision with that person that makes you feel comfortable that you don't want to call in the first place, but at least you know who to call when there's there a problem. There you go. That's it. Gotcha. Man, I'm learning a few things. <laughs> I'm getting some stuff figured out. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna segue unless there's anything else on print that I didn't ask you that you want to cover into some traditional stuff. You cool with that? I'm good. Thank good. You. Awesome. Well, thank you so much so, for that piece of it. Now let's roll into traditional. Again, listeners, I don't do traditional. Um, I'm a believer in it though. I think that you have to do all these different things. And but when you think, man, I don't want to like TV. All I ever heard is it's really expensive, and it is. Um, mm-hmm. Or radio can be really expensive. Or I mean, I mean, yes. So you have to be very intentional with what you're doing and make sure that it makes sense for the phase of the, of the business or whatever phase you're in with your business. So um, because you've had now 17 years of experience of going from the smaller, let's just say 10 million up to mm-hmm. whatever the heck service damage is now, I think, is it past the half a billion mark with all the brands? And at this point in time, it's got to be massive at this point in time. Um, so, but the cool thing is, is you've been through the whole phase of this thing. So mm-hmm. I'll be curious to know, like, what is your philosophy just on, and by the way, maybe I should maybe just give the listeners an explanation of what traditional means, like just a high level of what traditional marketing is. Mm-hmm. And then the best way, um, your philosophy on the best way to use, to use those channels. Yeah, I mean, we look at traditional as like, you know, radio, TV, billboards, et cetera. Um, And again, for us, it took us a number of years to even get into TV. I mean, we've, you know, Service Champions, again, was started in the year 2000, right? We're in at the end of 2022. We just recently got into TV last year solely because uh, of our service area, because at the time it didn't make sense. And so... Um, it, we did not want to pay again for the areas that we didn't cover. Right. But we were on, we've been on radio, I believe since 2009. Um, and again, that's nine years into, you know, where we were at in the business. Um, and the reason that we went on, you know, we started with one radio station was because we found one that had a really loyal listenership and we had the budget to create frequency. And that was a huge thing for us, right? You don't want to, one, you want to have enough budget to be able to reach folks a number of times over and over and over again. You want to have the the loyal listenership so that you know that you're hitting that same person. Um, And it has to make sense for 
the budget and where you're at. I mean, we look at the traditional pieces of, again, radio, TV, et cetera, as, as branding. And for us, it's about getting our, our message out. I mean, it's a great thing when you have, you know, 15, 30, 60 seconds to be able to tell a story, um, but it has to make sense. And, and for us, it, radio made sense. And um, then we are you know, tacked on TV, which I'm very happy about that we can finally, you know, get all that, that coverage wanted to do it for a number of years. Um, and, uh, now we get to tell our story and build our brand even more. And so I, for us, it's a, it's a great thing. With radio, what's interesting about it is there's obviously so many streaming services today, Mm -hmm. um, podcasts like this that people are listening to and bypassing radio. But here's one thing that's interesting is that I actually still listen to the radio, which when my 16 year old gets in her car or gets in the car. She's like, what are you, what are you listening to? Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, it's weird that I'm not listening to my playlist or I'm not listening to, you know, like streaming service, whereas she's immediately to her playlist. Mm-hmm. So, but, but it's interesting to think how my brain has shifted because as I've gotten older, I'm 43, um, which is still very young, by the way. Um, <laughs> I have started listening to more talk radio and I'm almost embarrassed to admit that, but in my defense, it's only the Arizona Cardinals network, just so I can listen to what they're going to do to stop sucking. And I need to hear it. So, but I listen to all the commercials on it. Right. Cause if you're, if you're like listening to talk radio, like you're kind of already programmed to listen to the talking and not so much like the music that would make you, you know, move around um, from station to station. But do you have like any sort of like set plan on those different stations that you're going to, that, you know, are like, Hey, these are the ones that we hit. Do you have that game plan in place. I'm assuming you do. Uh, we do. We, I mean, we do talk radio. Um, so now we have three stations. We just added a, a one more recent and, and there's two talk radio and then, um, you know, one just general, so to speak. And, um, you know, we have different times right in the day that we want to hit. And uh, again, for us, <laughs> um, morning <laughs> <laughs> drive home, drive in. <laughs> you got it. Uh, uh, and it, again, for us, it's a, it's about frequency, though, right? And so, um, making sure we get the most bang for our buck, and um, not having it spread out across seven stations where somebody's hearing you, you know, on a frequency of you know once a month, yeah. right? You you need to hit them again and again for it to make sense. And for us, it's it is about building the brand, and so it's the consistency of being in there you know, 52 weeks a year. Yeah. So, so two, two key things there on what you're saying. One is you heard you say frequency multiple times because that absolutely matters and you'd be better off to hammer one versus spreading it yourself thin across others because of that frequency piece. You need them to hear that message multiple times. And like me, I'm not listening to, you know, I'll listen to talk radio, the leading up, you know, the, the, the Friday before the football games start. And then that Monday and Tuesday afterwards, depending on how the game went, if I'm going to listen to it or not, but I'm that then after that, I kind of, I will start to shift into, you know, you know, um, this particular podcast rolls out on a Tuesday. So hopefully you're listening to that on your drive in. Um, some of you are and how you doing? Good morning. Um, but I, my, my, I don't listen to it the whole time. So you have to be, you have to continue the frequency because you don't know necessarily when they're going to be listening to it. You can get an idea based on drive in and drive home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just keep hammering it over and over again. And, and by the way, you need to look at traditional like this. You cannot look at it as lead gen. Like you can't just say, sweet, I'm going to rock this thing out. I'm going to throw on a TV, a commercial. I'm going to throw on radio and oof, like here comes all the lead volume because that's not how it works, especially out of the gate. Um, 
but it is great for branding. Like to me, it is a very, it's very much a branding tool and you need to think of it from that perspective. You can't say, Oh, well shit, my digital marketing cost per lead is X and, but my TV is that it's not the same. You cannot, it's, that's not apples to apples. You have to use traditional as a massive branding effort and that be your expectation. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, it's something that it's very easy to you know, give up on, right? And you have to go in with the mindset that you're in it, you know, you're in it for that long term, you know, plan and you're, you're going to commit, right? It's, it's about the commitment to it, because it does pay off. Um, It just, you know, I I can see where people get, you get, you get scared, right? It's a lot of money. And I, I, you know, we spend a lot of money on, on these different things, right. In in these businesses and and marketing is a, you know, a big expense, right. Depending on what your percentage is to the overall revenue. And um, I can see where it just, where, where you kind of get a little nervous and then, then you pull out. Um, But, you know, for us, we just, when we do it, we we made the commitment. We're in it, and we again look at it as this is our long term plan of of building our brand. Um, you know, I wish we could have done it, you know, years back. And so yeah. um, that's kind of where we're at with it. Well, and and really, one you kind of you kind of said it, but you have to stick with it because mm-hmm. ultimately a branded lead is the cheapest lead you can get. I mean, next to a repeat or a referral like lead, but like the, obviously the more branded leads we can, the lower the cost per lead to, to acquire that customer. So you want those things, but it doesn't just like, you have to commit to these things. You have to be consistent and you have to keep doing it. And you mm-hmm. can't just do it for six months and be like, Oh, this sucked and give up on it. Because honestly, right. that's what the majority will try and do, which is what makes those that stick with it become successful with it. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. So right. now you guys aren't now actually hang on before I ask this next question. Is there anything in particular in that messaging that you're, that you're hitting on? Is it just like, like, is it, are you, what is the messaging in there? Just kind of like high level on what you're trying to throw out there in either a spot or whether it be a radio spot or a TV spot. Yeah. I mean, if, if you, you know, watched our commercials that are out there, it's more about what you can expect to experience from our people. Um, and it's more about from a consumer standpoint, what they can expect when a service champions technician comes to their home uh, and the type of people that will be in your home. And so that's really, you know, our, our messaging that you can see throughout our commercials. Perfect. So you're basically going all in on trust, building trust and credibility and not so much on savings or even speed right. to service. Right. Got it. Right. Okay. People. So then are you doing anything with billboards? Uh, n- no, I mean, we, we have a very small billboard outside of, you know, one of the, the branches and that's really just, you know, for, you know, employee and, and goodwill and things like that. I mean, not for us, you know, we, we've decided to put our marketing dollars other places. Um, you know, I think the question that we always ask ourselves um, is that, you know, if we had a certain amount of money, where are we going to get the most bang for our buck? Where are we going to reach the most people with the frequency that we want with that consistency? And have we maxed that out in the different mediums? Um, because, you know, for us, again, it's a, it's about telling a story and we feel like we can do that um, with, you know, the the different commercials, the 15s, the 30s, the 60s, a lot better than we can do with, you know, a billboard. Yeah. Because video can, can create an emotion, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like can make you 
create an emotion based on a couple things, not just what the content is, but the tonality of the call, the content. Of, like there's multiple things that can create this emotion in somebody that mm-hmm. brings comfort to them. And ultimately not just like comfort in the home, but comfort in the heart to choose that contractor. That is brand. <laughs> but <laughs> um, so um, it, I mean, it makes total sense. Like uh, there's obviously plenty of contractors that have a million Absolutely. Billboards around there. And it's another form of a branding effort that you yeah. can do. I mean, yes. and, but it's the same thing too, right? Isn't it kind of like if you're going to go down that path, frequency matters? It does. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some, you know, there's some um, brands under the portfolio in their area. It works. Right. And so um, it's just for us, we've chosen differently um, and we've kind of taken a different path and not to say that we're not going to, you know, tack that on um, at at a particular point when we've, you know, feel like we, we can absorb that. um, But it's just, you know, not, not right at this moment. Got it. Makes sense. Again, situational. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but again, you have to approach it from the lens of it's not a straight direct, like lead gen type tool. So you can't look right. at it that way. And by the way, don't cram the billboard full of stuff. I'm like, <laughs> can we just, can we agree on that? Like you don't need to cram the billboard full of stuff. Yep. Yep. You got to get it at a glance. <laughs> exactly. Okay. I want to ask you two more quick questions and then we're going to roll. We're already like 45 minutes into this thing. Can you believe that? Uh, I cannot actually. I know. Right. See, <laughs> told you. Um, so I think one thing I just want to ask so our listeners can take this thing away. And again, I understand this is from your perspective, but think, you know, put yourself back into like, maybe you're those shoes of a, of a $10 million contractor. And if you can, I get that maybe it's kind of hard to go back there, but even go to 20, 30, doesn't matter, mm-hmm. but kind of take yourself back a little bit. I've got a hundred percent of my marketing budget. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have, I still need to create my own demand and I still need to work on some branding. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a hundred percent of my marketing budget. Give me a ballpark of what you guys would be or what you would recommend from your experience to spend on the different channels. Again, this is from your perspective, your experience. So this is just a ballpark, but I want you to wanted them, the listeners to have an idea of the way you think with mm-hmm. the business in Southern California. Well, you know, in our area, just kind of going back and like looking at the history of, of really what we've done. I mean, Many years back, I would say 80% to even 90% of our marketing was for direct response, trying to get that phone to ring because without that, you know, you don't really have a leg to stand on, right? You need to make sure that you're generating those calls. And direct response Um, is? Well, it's that those direct mail, right? And it's to the customer base. It's the digital. It's the things to get the phone to ring, right? And then the other side of it is is that ten to twenty percent of the brand. I mean, for us, you know, years back it made sense. We we were branding via the newspaper, you know, because we had our local paper, right? We couldn't get into TV, and it was before radio, and and that's what we were doing. And then as we continued to grow and grow our club memberships you know, those percentages change. Um, but it, but it's for us, it was, you know, we we needed that phone to ring and we were doing it via, you know, all, all the things I mentioned, right. It's, it's getting out there digitally. It's getting out there and, and, um, making sure you're in front of people when they have that need, um, and kind of force forcing it right. Instead of waiting, um, for people to call you. Got it. So that percentage has to change 
based on where, where what the life cycle of your business is in and re- and really it could even be what's your goal if you're my whole philosophy has been if you're sitting you're going to finish this year and you're uh, a home services company you're going to finish this year at 10 million 20 million let's just say 20 million and you know hey at the end of 2023 I want I now want to be at 30 million you need mm-hmm. to put your mind in the place of mm-hmm. as, as if you're a 30 million dollar company and treat your budget that way Mm-hmm. but you got to track this stuff. Like that is the key ingredient to making the theory of what you need to do to be 30 million start to become a little bit more tangible. Cause now you got the facts to back it up. Mm-hmm. So what I heard Katie saying is this 80 to 90% was on direct response, meaning you got to feed the Like you got to have, get the technicians in the home. So you can spend money on the direct mail pieces that forces direct response. You can spend the money on digital marketing like PPC, which is a more immediate one. If you have, if you don't have any, if you're a newer company or you have minimal SEO and you're not in the maps or you're not doing anything, hit the LSA stuff hard, which we'll talk about on another episode, but that's another form of direct. Yeah. But you got to feed those things. And the majority of budget was going to that because without that, if there's not enough of that volume coming in from your branded effort, you got to subsidize it by going after this direct response stuff but you still do need to continue to work on your branding all along the way. Yeah, absolutely. You cannot, I mean, that's a, such a huge piece that you can't just pick up, you know, years down the line and, and it, well, at least for us, yeah. I mean, it was always a part of what we were doing and then it's just the percentage has grown and grown and grown over the years. Um, it's just back in the day, it, it needed to start small, but it was always there. Right. And so we've just been able to tweak those percentages now. And you didn't just get lucky. You stuck to it. You're in arguably one of the most competitive markets in the United States of America, of America, Los Angeles. (laughs) Like it's a massive, I mean, I'm talking about service champions directly. Mm -hmm. Hugely competitive market. Like some of the most competitive markets from my perspective are that Southern California market here in Phoenix, uh, the South Texas markets, same with South Florida. Like these are incredibly competitive, warm climates, long, warm climates, very competitive, lots of major metros. So you didn't just get lucky, you stuck with it. But we all know Mr. Leland Smith loves to track those numbers. So there was not a whole lot of guessing at some point going on. It was very methodical. And that is the world that you can live in, listener. Like it does exist. So all these theories that you hear on different podcasts or go to these different events and hear these things, when it comes to the marketing space, there certainly today is ways that you can track it to find out what am I spending? What am I getting? In return, what's the revenue? Does it make sense? Yes, I keep doing it. You can start to play a predictable slot machine at some point, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the game you're playing right now. Kudos to you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, was this fun? We got it through it. We, got, I, I did. we did. It was great. That was fantastic. Well, thank you for sharing that, that stuff too. And what I would like to do too is just, you know, and, um, anytime with our listeners, if, if they want to connect with you, my suggestion is, you know, like, you know, use the professional platform of LinkedIn. If you want to connect with Katie that way, I'm assuming you'd be okay with that. Yeah. Um, if they want to ask you any questions or just get some advice from you and, and, um, and I want them to be able to, to do that because there's no way you can take away everything from this and like start to comprehend these things. And if you took away one thing and that is, understanding of what the print versus traditional space looks like, then, then that's a win. We can move forward with that. But, um, anyhow, I don't, I don't, I, I mean, the whole purpose of this podcast is just to give them something that they can start to, to latch onto. And this being the trade marketing magic playbook, you know, you don't have to hang your hat on some particular savings to be the, you know, a, a race to the bottom on costs to get, to have a promotional thing to put out. Sometimes it's just putting the right message out there about the credibility of your business, 
And, and the consistency of doing that is the plan that you do. Mm-hmm. And you can do that at different scales. As you get bigger, you can do it smaller. You can, you can hit one particular neighborhood and hit that neighborhood over and over and over and over, but track it, track right. it. So you know exactly what's working. Katie, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. It's good. We finally got to do this. It is. It is. I, I really enjoyed it. So thank you. I need to think about what's, what else I can pull you in. I, pull you into that's in my world. So we can talk through that more. <laughs> Maybe you can talk to Leland next time. He's there. That's it. That's it. Well, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Well, listen, you thank you. Thanks for giving me an hour of your time and joining us. I'm so glad we finally made it. We probably talked like two months ago, trying to figure this thing out. So I'm gl- grateful we did it. Me too. I am too. So All thank right, you. Lis- listeners, take advantage of it. Reach out to her. She knows what she's doing. 17 years in the home service space doing marketing across all these different channels from a smaller company into the beast that they are today. So please tap into that knowledge um, and take advantage of it. And listen, if you're not already following this podcast on Apple, Android, Spotify, streaming, YouTube, whatever it is, what are you waiting for? Do it. Get it done. Right. Uh, but those that already are, thank you. We really appreciate you. <laughs> So I'm going to finish the podcast off real quick with just a review. Um, And this one is a five-star review from Ed Wilberg. Hopefully I said that right, Ed. And this is all your podcasts. I use air quotes, bring it, it all caps. Um, Bring it. Wait, I wonder what it is. Is it the content? Is it the guest? Is it the clown? It's Halloween. Pennywise, whatever it is, Ed, we're going to continue to bring it. Um, I enjoy listening to how your guests have built businesses, but I love how you push for their look into the future of the trade they are in. EW in God, we trust. Amen to that, Ed. Thank you so much for the review. And listeners, leave a review. And guess what? If something you loved about Katie and you want to leave a review for her as well, we're going to share it with her. I'm sure she'd love to hear it. This is our first podcast. You keep, right. We got to pump her up. <laughs> keep you, get you educated. Katie, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm glad we finally got to get this thing done. I am as well. Thank you very much, Chris. Leland is going to be so proud. (laughs) I cannot wait. I cannot (laughs) wait. All right. All right. Listeners, thank you so much. Listen, she gave you a lot of little nuggets. You don't got to do everything, but you got to do something. No zero days. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, It's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review and be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.